All right, so, um, can you tell me something I really didn't need to know? Hey, Mom, tell me something I didn't need to know. So how about let's learn something we really don't need to know. like with that one for a minute that was a really excessive good good yeah well i was really good i was really trying to figure out if i was going to say good morning or good afternoon and i realized it it depends on when they're listening to it yeah and where they are so good day Oh, Hi everybody. Man. This is um welcome to tell me something I didn't need to know. Again. I did you say that? What? Did you already maybe, say that? Maybe maybe it's their first time. Did you already say that? No, I'm welcoming them back. Oh. Said, like welcome again. Okay. Oh. Welcome to tell me something I didn't need to know or welcome back to tell me something I didn't need to know. So, thanks for straightening that out. Yeah. Welcome back, welcome to. I like it. Yeah. All right. She's got her, one of us has her shit together, Yeah, and it's not this side of the table. you know, we may have some new listeners, we may have some old listeners, so welcome back or welcome to. Thank you. But we don't judge you by, by your age, so if you're old, it's okay. <laughs> yes. 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 Because well, actually the majority of our listeners are on the um, older side. Yes, they are, and that is kind of awesome, to be honest. Sure as hell is. I'm Hannah Green. Um, Isabel Hope. And I am Mary Swartz. And I'm Lynn Samuels. Woo! We're going to make this work today. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I am so glad that today we all know who we are. Thank you very much for that, Johanna. Uh, I kind of debate on who I am every day, so... Quite you frequently. Today you're Isabel Hope. Tomorrow you might be a toaster. It's okay. We it's gotcha. It's true. I don't even know what I said my name was the last time, because I go by, like, Three different names. I don't typically use my. Well, name your mom last now names. calls herself a Swartz so, on the podcast. So yeah, I'm just gonna go. A, I'm just gonna go by my first name and my middle name because no, it's okay because I occasionally forget who I am and I introduce myself as Hannah Swartz. Yeah, she's done that a couple times. Is there something you want to tell us, Mom? No. Are you no, sure? No, you don't need to know. <laughs> I mean, I am your daughter. I feel like I do need to All know. Right. Unless it's some weird Christmas present. Um, I think it I is. need to know. It is. It's it a is. Christmas present. It's a Christmas present. It's a Christmas present. <laughs> That's going to be a really odd Christmas present. Thank you, everybody, for joining us and spending part of your day with us. We appreciate the fact that you chose us to take time out of your day to be with. Yay! Woo! Word of the day. Word of the day. I have two words because they go together. Okay. So, All right. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Absolutely. Right. Start us off with our word of the day, Lynn. Okay. Cryophobia and illingophobia. Cryophobia? Yep. Cryo is usually cold. You're going to be all scientific on this and you're going to be with, logical. I'm going with fear of dying in a freezer. Ooh. <laughs> dying? That's very Okay, wow. speaking of cold, I saw this video. All right, All right. Uh, my guess is uh, fear of cryptoids. All right, very good. It is the irrational fear of extreme cold. So I guess dying in a freezer would probably fit in with that. I would, yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. Is it- and Ill- illingophobia is my second. You said they go together? Uh, so yeah, they're both That could phobia. be someone who really likes the experience. No, well, phobia open. means fear, so it would be the fear of something. The fear of not being extremely cold? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe. Oh, hold on. The fear of being caught outside naked in a blizzard. All right. I mean, <laughs> I, there are probably a few people who are afraid of that, so. Yeah, yeah. Well, I have a lot of thoughts going through my head. People do very odd things. All right, Lynn, what is it? Well, the reason they go together is they're both phobia. Right. So it really isn't a cold phobia. It's oh, the okay. irrational fear of spinning and dizziness. People with illingophobia generally avoid like things that make them spin, like merry-go-rounds. Yeah, merry-go-rounds, roller carousels. coasters, carousels, pirouettes, swinging things. Yeah, dancing, standing dancing. up too fast and feeling lightheaded. Yeah, wow. generally just just spinning in a chair that you can spin in, like an office, like the green chair. one. Oh my god, the green chair. 
Do I even want to know? You had to be there and you weren't born yet. Sit okay. and spins. Children with illingophobia scream when they see sit, sit and spins. I used wow. to stand on the sit and spin and do the twist. Which explains a lot. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's awesome. That's yeah. a good word. So those are my words. Okay. All right. All right. Mary, have you a word for us of today? Of course I have a word for us today. My word is hubaloo. Hullabaloo. 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 Uh, how was that? Dad used to say this word. Yes, he did. Hullabaloo. That I is, know what it means, so. Well, I, I, I understand what it means. I don't know what the actual definition is. It's like a chaotic scene. It's, you know, making a... Chaos. I like I don't know. I, I can't I don't know. Yeah, I think yes. you nailed it making chaos. All right. So yeah. it actually came from the mid 1700s. Uh and the word comes from combining the interjection hello and the Scots word baloo, which means a lullaby. And that is how they came with hullabaloo. Every time you say blue, I think of beluga. Like a beluga whale? Yes. Like baby beluga in the deep blue sea. Yes. A hullabaloo is a far cry from a soothing lullaby, however. Yes. Yeah, it actually is a combination of words, and it came, it originated in the mid-1700s, which I thought was pretty gosh darn cool. All right. There was. I didn't, I guess I was off on what I thought it was. <clears throat> Maybe we just misused it. Yeah, Dad used to use it all the time growing up. Yeah, it's a heck of a hullabaloo. Yeah. Like yeah. But but, I don't think that seems accurate. Then. Well, this is also the man that said Warsh, too, so maybe he didn't even know what he was saying. That's true. Yeah. All right. Well, here's my word Tragus. 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 We all spell it. Spell it. T R A G U S. Tragus. And we all have this. Is it a part of your body? It is a part of your body. Oh, my goodness. We all have it. Well, I'm going to eliminate brain right off the top. <laughs> I'm going to eliminate fragus. Does it, it have to do with your, like, your innards, your, uh, like, your spleen and your stomach, like, the stuff that's inside you? Oh, no. Just trying no. to get you to narrow this down. You you show off your tragus every single day. Oh, oh, your it's neck. on your face. Your tragus is on your face. Your nose. It? It's your nose. That's what I'm going with. That's nose. What I was going with too. Not your nose. It's below your nose, isn't it? No, it is okay. not. No, okay. it's your eye. No, I got it. I got it. It's your eyebrow bones. It is not. Your eyebrow. Well, you don't have eyebrow bones. <laughs> I love you, Isabel. I love you too. I'm much. playing with my eyebrows to check, but yeah, there's no bones. It's all skin. Dang. All right. Okay. Would you like me to tell you? Yes. yes. Your tragus is the hard little bump of skin between your face and your ear opening. Oh. oh say it again. Oh, my God. It is the hard little bump of skin between oh. your face and your ear opening. Oh, then wow. You can pinch. Yes. Yeah. You okay, could pierce yeah. it, too. You could pierce yeah. it. Yeah, right pierce here. it all the yeah, time. This, it, yeah. this right here. Cartilage. It's cartilage, isn't it? The definition says hard little bump of skin, but yes, I do believe it is cartilage. Wow. That's crazy. That is your tragus. You have two of them. Okay, then. Sweet. Unless you were born without ear openings, and then you might, maybe you don't. Okay. All right. So, yes, tragus. Okie dokie. Excellent to know. Excellent to know. Lynn, what are you drinking today? Uh, Chocolate chai tea. Ooh, that sounds tasty. Yummy. It is, it is a, a combination of black tea, I'm reading the bag now, uh, cinnamon, cardamom, cloves, and a twist of chocolate. I generally stay away from chai because my one experience with it, I didn't care for it. I, I have had a few that I didn't care for, but I've had some chai that is absolutely amazing. Part of it depends on how it's prepared. Sounds well, yummy. and I have learned that chai, there are... Tons of different kinds well, of chai. So and it would actually depend on your mixture of spices. Right. Right. Imagine. And that's what chai is. And mine was really spices. sweet. It tasted, mine literally tasted like 
pumpkin pie filling that hadn't been baked. Ew. That sounds absolutely yeah. disgusting. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, some people prefer a sweetened chai, some people prefer a non-sweetened chai. So, like, if you get it at a coffee shop, I think it's like ordering some of these sugary drinks that just automatically come sugared. Oh. Yes. Yeah. And if if you buy it like I bought it, it's just a mixture of the spices and the tea, so there's no sweetener in Yummy. it. In fact, I add my own. So I make it, and then I read a thing about moon tea where you add cream to it, so I always add milk or, or half and half to my tea now, and then a little bit of honey to it for the taste. So The oh. English drink, I believe, drink their tea with milk in it, and we were raised drinking our tea with milk. And a lot of times when you order chai from places, it does come with steamed milk in it. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Well, that Brennan sounds once, lovely. Brennan once uh, went and ordered a chai, and they said, do you want it hot or cold? And he was like, I'd like it warmish. <laughs> yes. He really did. And they were like, we, we don't do warmish. It's either hot or it's cold. And I was like, yeah. And you, you can't be like, I'd like it like half and half. Make it hot and then add a bunch of ice to it. I don't know what he wanted, like a room temperature one. Yeah. Well, I when I order when I order coffee from places, a lot of times I will ask if they if it's gonna be one that they steam, like the milk or anything in. I will ask them to make it drinking temperature because I'd like to be able to drink it now and not in half an hour. Yeah. You would yeah. like to keep your tongue. Yes, I would like to keep my tongue. That's correct. So I have this really lovely Earl Grey cream tea today. Oh, nice. It is. I love Earl Grey. And then the cream just kind of adds a little, it's almost like a hint of vanilla in there. It's really nice. I am drinking French vanilla coffee with a caramel macchiato creamer in it. Nice. We all have lovely stuff. We do. We do. All right. Lynn has a story for us, I believe. Lynn, do you have any tidbits? I don't have any tidbits to start us off. I've got a story. So okay. I, I do have a tidbit, though. I do have I a tidbit that I would love to share. All right. All right. Two sisters right here in Michigan were recently cleaning out their aunt's home after she had to be moved to a nursing home because she developed dementia. Now, the sisters have described their aunt as being a collector. Another word for hoarder. No, some people aren't hoarders, but when they are collectors, they legitimately collect a lot, a lot of of stuff. Not in a hoarding way. It may be very well organized, but they collect stuff. So one sister was working downstairs and one sister was working upstairs in the aunt's bedroom. And the sister that was up in the aunt's bedroom made a startling discovery. And she yelled for her sister to come up to the bedroom because... They had a serious problem. So sister comes upstairs to find the other sister kind of standing in the middle of the room staring at the closet. And then they're both standing there staring into the closet where at the back of the closet there looks to be something that um, they're going to need to call the police for. Is there a body in the closet? Thank God, no, it was not a body. Oh, a lot of heroin. Stolen? No, definitely not heroin. Cocaine. And, and I don't know where the aunt acquired it, so I cannot confirm or deny that it was stolen. Ooh. No, instead, they called the police and said, we think we found a bomb. A bomb. So the police race to the aunt's home and look in the closet and call for the bomb squad, who confirms that it is a World War I torpedo. Oh, my God. Souvenir. It's a souvenir. Oh, yeah. So the bomb squad doesn't know whether this torpedo is live. Right. So they have everybody evacuate the house. They carefully contain and remove the torpedo. And we know in a lot of cases we hear that they take this stuff to the bomb range and they blow it up. Right. No questions asked. Right. Well, for whatever reason, that is not what they did with this one. They did take it to the bomb range where they took photographs of it and then decided to x-ray it. Okay. The x-ray confirmed that the torpedo was full. Of what? Money. Oh my god. <laughs> Dang, they shouldn't have taken 
No, they get the money back. Shouldn't have done anything. No, they did get the money back. The police actually called the sisters that evening and said, "You're never gonna believe this. Torpedo is full. We've X-rayed it. It is full of cash." I'm glad they didn't blow it up. Uh, yeah. Wait till you hear. But wait till you hear what was in it. We're not just talking about ordinary cash. Cash from around the world. We're talking silver certificates from the early 1900s, silver dollars, old dimes, buffalo nickels, and even some Morgan dollars from the 1880s. What's the bank? What's the bank? She was using it as a bank. Oh, yeah. So the sisters are now hoping to find someone who can give them an honest appraisal of what it's worth and a collector who would be willing to buy it for an honest and fair price. With plans to use the money to help pay for the aunt's nursing home expenses. That's pretty cool. All right. Well, Lynn, Possibly. you you have a story to tell us. Okay. About a bomb? No, you told me that you had a story. She told me she had a story, too. You also oh. told Isabel you had a story. All right. Uh, and, and you told our listeners that you had a story. I do. I, I've got lots of stories. This one, though about Nederland. It is quite possibly the happiest place on Earth. Okay. Life is better up here. That's what their website tells you. Nederland is a quaint town 17 miles west of Boulder and 45 miles northwest of Denver in Colorado. It was founded in 1874 and has a population of only 1,337 people. It is a cute town with a covered bridge overlooking a babbling stream, yummy restaurants, and wonderful little shops to peruse. When you put Nederland into Google Maps and zoom in, it actually shows you that the Carousel of Happiness is located there. My husband and I were driving past and decided to stop in on this town on our travels this summer, and I actually rode the Carousel of Happiness. Did it work? It is, yes. If you're ever in the area, you should definitely take the time to stop in Nederland for a few hours. It, it seriously, this place is amazing. Unless you have that, unless you have that phobia you talked yes, about. Yes, unless you have bilingophobia, then you probably would not love it. However, there's more to it than the carousel, which I'll explain. The carousel of happiness is a work of beauty, and it really has a great story behind it. It's a restored 1910 carousel with 57 carved, hand-carved animals. Sweet. 30, yeah, 35 of them can be ridden. The rest are just, like, attached to the carousel. They're just stationary. Bucket. Well, they're not even, it's not that they're stationary. They're, like, part of it. They're carved onto it and attached to the top. And oh, okay, okay. Gotcha. So if you're riding so, them, you don't belong there. Yeah, probably. If you're riding them, you might be drunk. Yes, yes. Okay. And uh, the organ is actually from 1913. It's a 1913 Wurlitzer for anybody who's into those uh, kind of organs. So I think that's special. That's pretty cool, too. That's over 100 years old. Yeah, yeah. And the man behind it is Scott Harrison. He's actually a resident of Nederland. And when we were there, he had been there earlier that day. Like, he had, he had stopped in and was talking to them earlier that day. So it's pretty cool that the guy who carved all these animals still lives there. And uh, he had actually never carved a day in his life before this whole thing. Oh, my gosh. He found and heard about this abandoned carousel in Utah. And with the help of a friend, he, for whatever reason, decided this was his thing. It just came to him. And he was like, I'm bringing this carousel back to Nederland, and I'm going to restore it. So he spent 26 years learning and carving all the animals. Oh, my God. That's so cool. Yep. Yep. His very first carving was a rabbit, and it's actually on the sign out front. So I think that, yeah, yeah, that's really, it's just, he he liked the carousel and decided this was his life thing, and he spent his life doing it, so it's pretty cool. So, but it's more than just the carousel when you go there. When you go in, it's really, it's, it's hard to describe. It's like a museum, too, almost. Not huge museum, but a small town little museum with all kinds of cool stuff. There's local art. There's stories about people on the walls. There's even a little puppet theater with the puppets that you can animate. They're so cute. Um, yeah, yeah. So if you, you know, obviously kids go to this, so it'd be really fun for them. And what I really liked, and I didn't notice till I was leaving, 
was there's a booth that allows you to go in and record your own story in it. You, you know, they ask for a donation, but you don't have to, but you can go in and record your own whatever. So I thought that was kind of cool. Um, on top of the carousel is the twirling girl, which is just an amazing story on its own. So what happened is that uh, in 1999, uh, 11 years before the carousel was opened, Scott saw a picture in the newspaper of this four-year-old girl twirling in a circle, this exuberant, happy girl. And he saw it and he just, he was like, wow, that's, uh, that's, that's her. She's the essence of the carousel of happiness. So he knew immediately he had to carve her likeness. So he started carving her. Sweet. And then he didn't know what he was going to do with her yet, but he, he carved her. Um, so in 2004, he actually decided not only was she going to be part of the carousel, but the way she was trolling and the look on her face, he felt like she was conducting the whole thing. So she needed to be on top of the carousel. So he made that decision. And then he, and not only he, but by then there was a group of people involved in this um, to help put all this together. And uh, they decided they needed to locate. So it took them about six months. And her name is Eliana Dreyfus. And she lives in Basel, Switzerland. Oh, the actual little girl. Yes, yes, the actual girl in the photograph. They were like, we've got to find her, you know, I'm carving her. She's going to be on top of this carousel. We need to figure out who this girl really is. So, yeah, so they locate her uh, and her family in Basel, Switzerland. And it turns out her family had lived in Boulder uh, before they moved to Switzerland. And they actually came back almost every single summer. So imagine they're surprised when a member of the board, because the board was helping them out, and one of the ladies found them and sent an email off. They contacted them about the carving, and the family was quite surprised. So uh, that was pretty cool. Um, When the carousel opened, it was Memorial Day 2010, and Eliana was 12 at the time, and they actually attended. How cool. Yeah, yeah. She said she found the statue like, I guess anybody would, like a statue of yourself. So it basically took him about eight years to put this carousel together. Is that my understanding? No, it took him more than 26 years. But if she's 12 when it opened, and she was four when the picture was taken. Well, that's just the carving of her, though. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that was just the carving of her. But he may have had it done. I think he had it done before it actually opened. Okay. So... Because it mentioned the fact that she saw it before it opened and she actually asked him to change her smile on it because she felt like the smile wasn't quite right. And he did. Okay. So, yeah. So that is the Carousel of Happiness. And after you take a ride on the Carousel of Happiness, record your thoughts in the booth, your story or whatever, you read some of the fascinating things on the wall about the people in the town and you look at the cool photos and and you can seriously spend a couple hours there. You need to be sure to stop in at UC Brew's Smokehouse and Brewery for some really, really seriously delicious food and some great beer. They have craft beers there. And my husband and I ate the barbecue. I am pretty picky about my barbecue. This barbecue was top notch. The craft beer, I think I had a raspberry something, was really good. And uh, the names of the beer even, like on the menu, the names of the beer were hilarious. They all had really funny names. and it's really cool because they have a patio and a beer garden. The beer garden is out back and allows you to uh, dine with your favorite four-legged friends. So you don't have to pretend you're blind or in need of a dog to keep your emotions from becoming a problem. Oh, you can just take your, your babies with you. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. so which cool. Is nice. yeah, yeah, I always appreciate that when they have a place like that that's really cool and I want to eat at. And then I'm like, uh, we've got the dogs. Can we have our dogs? And places are like, no, I want the carnage. So, yeah. So, but once you've eaten there, you're full. You need to stop by and say hi to their town celebrity, Grandpa Brito Morstel. He's over 110 years old. <gasps> and he resides in a tough that's shed cool. outside of town. Oh, yep. my God. 110, that's amazing. But you got to be prepared for an icy welcome be a bit stiff because you know he's famous and there's a festival to honor him every year so you know that can go to your head when you're like the town hero so uh that festival is called the frozen dead guy day 
Oh <laughs> my god. <laughs> has been dead and frozen in Nederland in a tuck shed since 1989. Well, he's been dead since 1989. Not the oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he really is. Yeah. Grandpa Brito died November 6, 1989 in Norway. And they stuck, did they stick him in a shed then? No, 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 no. So okay. he dies in Norway. He, um, I guess he had heart problems and his heart finally gave out. He fought it for a while. His mom was there. His grandson, uh, Trig- Trigva Bougie, Trigva Bougie, uh, actually lived in Nederland and he went back and he decided because he was a bull believer, really strong believer in cryonics, that uh, Grandpa, oh, cryonics, by the way, if you don't know another new word, is the preservation of humans and animals by freezing them in extremely cold temperatures until future medical technology can restore them to full health. Okay. So, yeah, so so Trigva believes in cryonics really strongly, and he goes there and he convinces his mom, you know, I know Grandpa's dead, but we, we need to do this. We can we can bring him back to life someday. Someday, someday, you know. What have you got to lose? That that is very true. Yeah, yeah. Just some money, just some money, which you know can be a hundred thousand dollars. Ouch! Sorry, I don't like any of my relatives well enough for that shit. But Honestly. you like yourself enough to do no. pay for it ahead of time. No, my father raised very frugal people. Yeah, but once you're dead, you don't need your money anymore. You you can you can do it so that when you die it's it happens. Spending it before I go. <clears throat> All right. Well, Grandpa didn't get a lot of say, so Trigva commits his mom to allow him to have burrito sent to a cryonics facility in California. Now, in order to prevent brain cells from deteriorating, cryonics require the bodies to be stored at negative three hundred and twenty and eight tenths degrees Fahrenheit. So we're just gonna call it negative three twenty. Okay. And when Grandpa first died, remember, he died in Norway. Trigva was here. Trigva then went there to convince his mom to do this. Okay. So Grandpa was just taken to the morgue like a normal person. So he's at room temperature. Right. Oh, God. Then, after a while, they moved him to a refrigerated room, which is kept at zero degrees Fahrenheit for a few days. Burrito then made his visit to the United States when his body, after and dry ice was flown to California, where the trans-time cryonics team placed his body on a machine. Now, this machine circulates the blood to keep it oxygenated, which, okay, it's been a few days. I'm, then, okay, here's here's my thought. <laughs> when you're at room temperature for a couple days, that's a little detrimental to your rebirthing health. You think? Yeah, I do think. I think when if you are rebirthed, or whatever they call it, I think you're going to have some serious skin issues. Reincarnated in the same body. Um, Maybe, possibly, potentially some uh, slight slippage. Major brain damage. Yeah, yeah, there's there's some issues with it. I think we'll see that as we go on. But, Mm. yeah, there are a few issues with this. But, yes, the whole thing that I read about it, if you're interested in crafts, it's kind of interesting. Uh, But, uh, basically, you're supposed to have it set up ahead of time. When you're going to die, like the team wants to be there because immediately they're supposed to be pumping you full of oxygen and stuff. Like, like even though you're dead, yeah, yeah, because everything just starts deteriorating immediately. Yeah, yeah, and and as long as they they say as long as they can keep the the blood flowing, like even through a machine, then you'll be okay. Your body will be okay. But yeah, that did not happen for Grandpa. So I don't know how long before he was. He was finally at the place, but uh, wasn't immediate. Yeah, so it was not immediate, and they slowly cooled the body to three hundred negative three hundred twenty degrees Fahrenheit and liquid nitrogen, and then they put you in this like giant thermos tank that yes. stands up, and yes. they keep you uh, in that liquid nitrogen at the same temperature until someday you will come back to life. We'll come back to life. All right. So, Trigva been living in Boulder since 1980 on a temporary visa, was known as a lovable but eccentric guy. He had actually set the record for ice bathing in the area by staying in ice water for over an hour and five minutes. Yeah. Yeah. So he was just kind of eccentric a little 
bit odd, but people found him lovable, although he had been arrested for making hijacking jokes at the airport in Denver. <laughs> so, you know, he was a bit of an oddity. He kind of crossed the lines. He was not, by all accounts, a fan of the government or rules or laws. I mean, what he was supposed to do, he just kind of, you know, he did what he wanted. Okay. So, he decided to start his own cryonics facility in Nederland. And after the town said, "Mm, no thanks to a legally constructed facility, he decided, eh, who needs the lock? And began to build his own in secret. Oh, God. What could possibly go wrong here? Nothing. Nothing at all. Nothing to see here. Grandpa's flipping over in his tank, I'm telling you. (laughs) (laughs) Grandpa's in in California. He's fine. So in 1993, his main building was complete and grandpa was packed into dry ice and shipped to Nederland. Oh my god. Where he was kept frozen via dry ice in a shed behind the main building because they, you know, weren't really complete and ready to go, but you know, he was close enough. Dry ice, it'll be fine. (laughs) Oh my god. The plan, of course, was for grandpa to stay there until the cryonics facility was complete. And uh, he planned on purchasing an upright cryonic storage unit and upgrading from dry ice to an on-site production of liquid nitrogen powered entirely by wind or solar because uh, none of the buildings, including the one they were living in, had electricity or plumbing. Oh, my God. Well, Grandpa's going to have to pee when he gets up. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I don't think they swallow the, the, the liquid, so... Well, at this point, there isn't any liquid. It's dry ice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's true. my God. Okay. Okay. Trigba had, remember, built these structures himself, including the house they were living in. A lot to be uh, proud of there. I just, yeah, well, maybe, maybe. Um, I don't know how much he actually knew about building structures. Um, Apparently... The house they were staying in had two stories, and it didn't even have stairs. It had an opening and a ladder to get to the upper floor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I read descriptions of this and was like, oh, oh, like Legos. Yeah, okay. Okay. So, unfortunately, as uh, maybe you guess, the cryonics facility hit just a tiny bump in the Okay. Temporary visa had actually expired 14 year, er, years earlier in 1994. Oh, God. And after unsuccessfully attempting to evade being found out, he was finally sent back to Norway. And his mom awed for grandpa's care. Oh, for God's sakes, it's a family thing. Yeah, yeah. She was living with her son. <clears throat> she came along with grandpa, you know, her dad. And uh, she was not quite trigma wasn't into building and stuff, and uh, was soon evicted for living without plumbing or electricity. Uh-oh. Yeah, that's probably, I, I think that's exactly what she said. In fact, that's the quote. She said, uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, no. I, I guess these two were quite the fighters and yellers, and, you know, they had problems with the town already, and there were lots of screaming matches, and they were kind of volatile people. So apparently she decided that if she went to a local reporter and told him about Grandpa, that people might help her out. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah, so the reporter hears this, and he decides that this isn't something that he's going to publish necessarily in the newspaper, but, well, probably, but first, he thinks the town needs to know about it. So he rushes off to City Hall that day and tells them about the dead body frozen in her shed. The city officials, of course, are all like, what the what? Uh, okay, hold on. I have a, I, I, I just have this thought, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dry ice isn't cheap, and you would need a lot of dry ice. You have to re- continually replenish yeah. it. I will get into that. Okay. I was that. having some of those same questions. Okay, yeah. okay. Because yeah. I'm wondering, how has this gone unnoticed all this time? This isn't... Yeah. Can- okay, all right. Yeah. Keep going. All right. So, the city officials rush out to Odd's shed check the story out and find not one two bodies in the shed oh my god (laughs) apparently grandpa had company (laughs) he was lonely yep he didn't want to be alone when he wakes up 
That's true. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Oh. Who's I'm the other one? Oh I'm my god. Yeah, you and think? Can you imagine making that phone call? Yeah. They need to figure out what to do because Odd is like, she's been evicted. She moves into an apartment, um, and they're like, hey, you you can't do that. You need to, to get the body out, you know. But they realize there's no law against keeping a frozen dead person on your property. And that's what she argues at the town meeting. She stands up and screams at them. Apparently, she calls them names, insults them, and says, basically... Can't do anything about it. There is no law. You point one single law that I and they realize she's right. So they pass a law. But when you pass a law like that, it doesn't previous things. Right. So it's not retroactive. Grandpa was grandfathered in. Grandfathered in. <laughs> nice. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. The reports I read all use that phrase. It is one of the reports that is the most overused phrase in this story. So yeah, everybody has. company is now yep. just outsourcing their over storage to a place that is not a true storage place that is putting grandpa on dry ice That's why I don't understand how nobody caught on to this. A, it's not cheap. Nope, and that's a shit ton of ice. One. Right now it costs between $1 and $3 per pound. So let's say at that quantity they're getting it at a little under a dollar a pound because prices have probably gone up since then. Yeah, so you're but still yeah, talking $1,000 a that's month. A but remember they live over by Boulder and Denver. So you could get the dry ice from a place outside of town so nobody maybe realizes it. And the guy has an environmental business, and I'm sure you can, you know, get it. Right, so, but but prior to that, the family right, themselves. Yeah, they were probably doing that, driving to Denver once a month, or dry ice. That's insane. It is insane, but... We live in a house without electricity or plumbing, but we're blowing $1,000 plus a month on dry ice for Grandpa. Yeah, he, he, he was going to do the cryogenics thing. He really, I, I believe that Trigbo really thought he was going to make this work, so yeah. So, yeah, but come on, we're, I'm not sure how sane this person is. I'd read that he had websites, but I could not find anything. But it sounds like his websites are something else. So, yeah. So, each month for the next 18 years, Schaefer logged the dry ice to the shed. He would then take photos of the box, which ranged in his records from a negative 60 degrees Fahrenheit to a negative 100 degrees Fahrenheit, depending. As this was a lot of work, he was from the University of Colorado to help. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, it was known by then, remember? And who told people about this? There are lots of people who would find it interesting. 
willing and be willing to help, they'd be like, oh my gosh, this is the craziest thing. Or, yeah, I'm going to help so I can tell people, like, I help store a dead body, you know. So his monthly payments covered the dry ice, the two helpers, so they paid the helpers, and the vehicle to carry the dry ice up the roads, which they live in Colorado and being there, they were steep roads, and in the winter they get super icy, and yeah. it's horrible. The snow drifts in the winter can actually reach seven feet high. So think about that in the winter trying to do that and carry that ice. So it said that on the bad days, it would take them up to six hours. So imagine spending six hours outside in a snowstorm carrying dry ice from your vehicle to the shed. No. Yeah. So I, no. I can't imagine whatever he was getting paid was enough to make him do it. I don't know why he did it for 18 years. He thought it was fun, and he was known as the Iceman, so I guess around town it gave him some sort of a, you know, notoriety. So, um, in 1995, the shed was severely damaged by a storm and needed to be replaced. Uh, apparently, um, he contacted a radio station, and because the story was so weird, the radio station played it up, and Tough Shed actually uh, gave them a shed, which Tough Shed are actually unique. Everyone has a unique serial number on it. A real tough shed will have a plaque with its serial number on it. And they actually gave him his own special serial number of Grandpa One. Oh, my God. Now, I think we're carrying this a little too far. Oh. Jesus. Just, just wait. Oh, no. no we, we it's not even far enough yet, Mary. I'm not even close. I have not had enough to drink for this story. You should have warned us. We'd be drinking real alcohol instead of, you know, coffee and tea. It's a cute town, I'm telling you. In mm. 2012. Did you, go see, did you go see Grandpa? Uh, I'll, I'll talk about that. <laughs> Grandpa came home with me. Grandpa's sitting right here. All right. <laughs> He's got his own room and everything. Yeah, we had the guest room. Nobody was in it. I was like, hey. <laughs> Why did the guy actually quit? Grandpa needed a caretaker. Okay, keep going. All right. All right. So, 2012, he quit with quit as caretaker due to a disagreement with Grandpa. What? No, 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 no. 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 Really Grandpa no. Didn't really have much to say. Okay, it was Trigva. I guess they got in some sort of spat over their email. So. Um, then somebody named Jane Curtis and Mike Walton took over for a few years, and then it passed on to Brad Wickham, who is Grandpa's current Iceman. So to this day, if you can locate Brad Wickham, he is Grandpa's Iceman in Nederland. So, so yeah. All right, so each March, Nederland held a three-day festival with a theme, and the planning committee for the 2012 festival came up with the idea of using Grandpa as the main event and naming it the Frozen Dead Guy Days Festival. So that was the first time. Before then, they just kind of ignored the whole thing. They decided to use it, and it was such a hit. It grew from there, and uh, they kept using it each year. So this festival has coffin races, a hearse parade, a Frozen Dead Guy look-alike contest, a polar bear plunge, a dance called Grandpa's Blue Ball, a Frozen T-shirt contest, Frozen salmon tossing contest. A bunch of bands. I was shocked. There's actually three different areas that have bands play. And you get tickets. You can buy tickets to all three areas. A play that's based on a story. A crap ton of food and alcohol. And just so much more. And every year they keep adding to it. There's even, there's even a film about Grandpa. I think it's called Frozen. <laughs> She's a slave. Oh, no, that's, that's the Disney one with Elsa and Olaf. Who, they also really... But maybe Grandpa has a cameo in it. <laughs> maybe. You have to watch it really closely to look. Grandpa's in the back winking at you. <laughs> Waving. This Thanks is definitely... for coming. Yeah. This is definitely not a Disney film, though. Oh, that's right. It's called Grandpa Still in the Tough Shed. It's a very original title. Grandpa's Still in the Tough Shed. Yep. Oh, my it God. Pre it premiered in Nederland on March 7th of 2003. And as far as I could find, that is the only place you can see it is during that festival. They don't sell it. 
You can't download it. It's not on Netflix. I have requested it, but we'll see. So during the festival is the only time you can actually go see Grandpa. You can tour his tough shed. Go in the actual tough shed. Okay. So Grandpa is in a metal casket, and you don't actually get to see him. Basically, they take you in the shed. You tour the house around it that they lived in. They actually open the box around the casket where they put the um, dry ice. So you don't really know that Grandpa's even in there. So Grandpa could have been buried 25 years ago, and and they were just carrying this on. You guys have a very good point. No one has actually seen Grandpa. And you might think this tiny little festival is attended just by the locals, but it isn't. In 2019, there were 25,000 people in attendance from all over the world. So... Um, due to COVID the last two years, it's been canceled, but, uh, their website says they are really hoping next March to revive the festival and give people a chance to dance at grandpa's blue ball. (laughs) So yeah, the story left me with a few questions, probably you guys too, but my first question, did Trigva really think this was going to work from the beginning? We talked about it. It wasn't done properly. Did he really, he told a reporter who I guess talked to him several times that email. I read their interactions in it. Besides realizing Trigva is uh, one ice cube short of a full tray. We and, got it. We, we got it. Yeah. That, one ice cube that, short of a full know, tray. Yeah. Yeah. I think he really thought it was going to work because they expended a whole hell of a lot of money to keep grandpa in that state. Uh, yeah, I think that with his simple mind, and I'm going to say he has a simple mind, that he thought it was going to work. Yeah, yeah, that's, I, I get the impression that he really did, but at any point did he, like, go, oh, Grandpa's probably not working out so well. Like, was there any point? Does he still, to this day, is he convinced that at some point in the future, Grandpa's going to be able to be revived? Like, I just, yeah. So, and does his mom. But his mom was never interviewed other than the time where apparently she came to the festival one year and uh, got in a fight and punched somebody because, uh, because she felt like they were making, the town was making all this money from the festival. And uh, really, it's their grandpa, like, you know, should they get some money? So, Wow. <sighs> yeah. So, yeah. So, um, let's see. So, what about the cryogenics place? Because, Yeah. How legitimate can they be, really? They're doing business with a guy without a license. And don't you, when you make arrangements with another company like that, don't you have to have all of their information on file? Yeah, I I really don't know. So I was kind of curious, you know, were they just taking his money, you know, both of their monies from both of the people and all of that. So I looked at the company up because what I read is the survival rate of these companies is not very good the majority of them go out of business. So, which I was like, oh, if they go out of business, what happens? What do they do with the bodies? Yes. Do they just send them back to you? You get your warm body back and then like this letter or or a text They contact contact the Tough Shed Company and ask for additional housing. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So they go bankrupt. You get the warm body back in a text that says, I'm sorry, it's not you, it's us. (laughs) <laughs> okay so what happens oh, yeah all right so we go to this website and it's if you want to go check it out you might want to it's just transtime.com so if i was looking for a place to put my body for eternity or not eternity but until science which is going to be a while face it i this company oh my gosh like their website i think a high schooler set it up in a basic class like it seriously it had like six clickable links on the front page two of which were the same one of which didn't take you to anything at all um the clip art on the front page very looked like cut and paste from like things you'd find online if you looked up like sciencey pictures or whatever um the the bios of the people involved this was the most interesting so where the pictures normally were, there was those, like, filler silhouette spots yeah. for all the people. Okay. Like, they're in witness protection or something. <laughs> do, you bl- of, do you blame them? Yeah, no. But some of them had no bio, even. Some of them, 
I couldn't, then I tried to find these people on the internet to find out who they were. And like, even the, the head guy, the owner, the CEO or whatever, I couldn't even find him on the internet. Like I found him nowhere. I was like, yeah, this is shady to me. Very, very shady. Yeah. They didn't have a price list for what to do or anything like that. Like, and one of the videos that it sent you to was a video for like about cryogen, but it was a tour of a different lab for a different company. And I was like, yeah, I don't know. This, this company, there's something about this company that seems awfully. I'm a little surprised yeah. you didn't call them. I didn't. I did not call them because uh, I don't know. I didn't know what to say. Are you real? Why did you do all this stuff? I'd I'm like some information. I'd like some information on your services. I'm very really interested in this. Mary's gonna do that with a follow-up because my thought was <laughs> this is a mob-owned money laundering. Could be a show I'm watching right now. They're money laundering, but I was like, maybe it's just a money laundering thing. And and if they think I'm investigating them, they're gonna send someone up, and I'm gonna turn up dead. So you know, frozen in a freezer somewhere. We will we will cover that on the other podcast. Excellent. So so yeah. Um yeah. So that that was mostly it. Although I don't you want to know what Grandpa Brito like if he is in there, is he really in there? But if he is, what does he look like? Because like I've taken stuff out of my freezer after a while and I know what it's it not looks pretty. like. like all, yeah, no, not it's pretty. not pretty and all that frosty stuff. So, like, what does Grandpa Brito look like? And then, like, the visual. So, I froze stew the, a while ago, and then I took it out the other day. And when you put it in, the meat and the potatoes and the carrots, and you can tell all that, and it looks all nice. When you take it out, it was this chunky mush, the gloop. You couldn't tell the carrots from the potatoes from the meat. And so, are you thinking like, that Grandpa looks like gloop? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like. Then he now they now have him in a Tupperware container. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Well, he's frozen, so he wouldn't need to be. But yeah, I think once you thaw him, I'm wondering because like you can take a strawberry. You take strawberries and you freeze them, and they're all beautiful and perfect. And when you take them out and then you thaw them, even if it's only like a day, yeah, they're mush. They they're are. nothing but mush. Yeah. So I think this is your brain. This is your brain after cryonics. <laughs> All right, so did you, did you go see Grandpa? We did not, because remember, you can only do it during the festival. Oh, okay. In March. No, yeah, I did not it, remember that. Okay. Yeah, it, it actually is private property, and they said, don't even bother trying. The road is actually blocked off with a gate, and it says private property. And the guy named a while ago that, that is watching him, uh, Brad Wickham, like, is like, you don't trespass on this plan. So, no, don't try to do it. So Okay. So, yeah, so I did not try to. I rode the carousel. They have a, maybe it's a rebuilt, or maybe it's the old shed they replaced. I don't know, but in town there is there is a shed, and it's got, like, all kinds of, like, painted coffins and stuff on it, and it mentions Grandpa. So I took pictures of, of us outside that. But, yeah, no, I did not go on private property and trespass because I didn't, you know, think Brendan would appreciate that. He tends to... Uh, he tends to be a bit of a law-abiding citizen. Yeah, we appreciate him a lot. <clears throat> yeah, he, he probably has kept me out of jail a few times. Well, good. We like that. So, out of curiosity, yes, I did go look at, at their website. Mm-hmm. Now, I would like to point out a few things. I'm looking at the Our advisory you know. board. Yeah. There are, the two, there are two presidents for the company. Okay. The one president... Is also belongs to the Society for the Preservation of the Near Extinct Species. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. I did see that. But if you look him up individually, you will find, like, I found very little information. I've only found one guy, and basically just at places where he's right. public. Right. Yes, yes, he is. He is the president of the Society for the Preservation of Near Extinct Species. This one, though, this one totally caught my eye their chief medical officer why do you need a chief medical officer these people are dead but ready for i don't this? know his bio know. says formerly of the starship cumberland i did and i couldn't find anything on him. <laughs> although if you google the name there is a doctor with the same name but that doctor has an nd and that guy 
I have an MA, so I don't think they're the same. No, no, person. this one, this guy has an MD and a PhD. Oh, okay. No, one of them, one of them, the only one I found is someone with the same name, but who has a, who has a different thing. There is a guy with the, the chief development officer has an MA. Yes, that's who I probably found that. Yes. Oh. Yes, yes, I think we should have a medical doctor in case they come back to fucking life. In case yeah. the electricity goes off, because you didn't pay your bill, and all these bodies come back to life. Yeah. That was an amazing story, Lynn. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much. That totally made my day. You're welcome. That You're was welcome. an amazing story. And it's really funny because you guys were actually there. Oh. Yes, yes. And I really did want to interview people, but Brennan did not care for that idea, so. Well, we're sorry that he pooped on your parade the, that day. Well, I read a thing that by one of the, the, the guys who did interview people, and he said most of the people are just resign and roll their eyes now. So other than being the festival that brings in a, a boatload of money, they really don't care about him or want to talk about it or whatever. So Okay. be interesting cool. to know it. Like, seriously, we do not condone breaking the law. But I inquiring minds want to know if he's still there. If he's even in that coffin. Well, even if I could get in, I think the metal the metal coffin is probably closed in such a way you can't just Oh open I'm sure. It. I'm, I'm sure. sure. So yeah. So it probably wouldn't be something I could do. But you so. know, here's my thought. <clears throat> you know how cold metal gets in regular winter? And now you're putting it in dry ice that's getting down to like negative 100 degrees, and you've right, got a bot. They, in, oh, man. But they keep them, yeah, they keep them at negative 320. So it is three to five times warmer at any yeah. given time than yeah. it's supposed to be. So it's not even where cryogenics is saying, hey, we can bring these guys back because the reason. They do it the way they do it is to prevent the ice crystals because ice crystals are right. what actually happen to your stew and your strawberries, and that's what yes. turns into the mush. So the whole idea behind cryonics, when I read about it, oh yeah, was that that the 320 degrees and the and the the way they do it, the, and they also use a a chemical now that they put through your body that's supposed to stop it from happening. Yep, is that basically that like guy, antifreeze? All ice. Everything in his body has turned to ice crystals. So, yeah, I think if you thought him out, you really would need a Tupperware container because I believe that it would be nothing but wish. That was an amazing story, Oh, my gosh. Thank you. That was fantastic. I loved that. That was awesome. Oh, my gosh. All righty. Well, thank you to everyone who stopped by and lent us their ear and their brain. Oh, hopefully Today. you have one left. Hopefully we didn't turn it to mush. <laughs> <laughs> please do not try any of this at home. Yes. No, please do. No, no, no Lynn, no. Is there a laundry storing a frozen person in your top? We don't condone breaking the law. So if it is against the law, abuse of a corpse, whatever, please don't try this at home. Um, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I wonder how they didn't get them with abuse of a corpse, so, but. Yeah. You can yeah. find, you can find us on Facebook at Tell Me Something I Didn't Need to Know. You can find us, uh, TMSIDNTK at gmail.com. So, if you have, if this story brought something to your mind, send us your suggestions, your ideas, your thoughts, your comments. That would be great. If you have Grandpa in the shout out back, please do not send us pictures. We do not wish to see them. Yes, I do. Oh, I do. No, I Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Yes. <laughs> I want pictures of Grandpa in the shed. It's it's a democracy. Hannah's been outvoted. Don't listen to anything she says. <laughs> yes, or if you know anything about cryonics or that company, if you know anything about that company or you want to call them, <clears throat> let us know how it goes. All What's right. the cost? Or if you actually have a family member that has been cryogenically frozen, we'd love to or hear about to. the process. Yes, or is going to. Yeah. Maybe it's just their head, because I read that they also will do just the head, because really it's just your brain. You just, they, they just need your brain, yeah. And that if you can't afford the whole body, you can do just your head. Yep. You know, and the other thing is, if you, and I will just offer our condolences now if this has happened to you, 
If you had a family member who was stored at a cryogenics facility that went out of business, we would love to know how that all worked out. Yeah, that's a good good point. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Excellent. We are also on Twitter at TMSIDNTK. You can find us there. You can follow us. You can share us. You can tweet us. Yep, whatever you like. Um, you enjoyed your shop short stop with us feel free to follow the podcast leave us a rating and a review because it does help us and make sure you share us with people that you know you can find us everywhere we are everywhere we are everywhere it's pretty amazing except for in grandpa shit you don't know that if there's wi-fi or internet access or you don't even have to do that all you gotta do is download it on your phone it takes your good, phone i was to gonna shed. say or a, a, a cell signal you can play us there too yep True. That is true. Yeah. All right. Sweet. Anything else, ladies? I've got nothing. Lynn? My tongue is frozen. <laughs> Hopefully it's not stuck to a metal casket. <laughs> I licked it. It's mine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm glad she couldn't see Grandpa. She might have tried to lick him, too. Well, in the words of Isabel, till next time, guys, stay mischievous. We love you. Have a great week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.